Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi. Hi. Ooh, perfect unison there. That was really good. Welcome to uh, Real Housewives of Rewatch, where we compliment ourselves right off the bat. <laughs> you know us. We don't like any criticism. We only want joy and happiness. Exactly. I am Sue Funk, I, and I'm here with... Danielle from Brands by Bravo. And we are talking about Season 2, Episode 10. Yes, which you know what I realized we never do, and I never write it down either. We never say what Bravo calls the name of these episodes. Oh, that's true. We should start looking that up. I don't know why I just thought of that. That's a good point. But, I mean, it's not like I would ever know the name of any episode ever from any series. I know some, but I don't know any of season two's for sure. No. but I know that I loved this episode. Um, Me too. It takes a minute to get into it. Like, I feel like there's there's a lot of singular shots, but, like, the end part is just amazing. Yeah, first half is a lot of fluff, but we end with a bang, and that's definitely where I wrote the most notes, for sure. Same. So let's get into it. Yeah. We start- well, we start off with uh, Victoria, Luann's daughter, who's back from boarding school, who experiences the wonders of goodwill for the first time. <laughs> she also is like she looks like she's in a daze like Lou is at like throwing so many things at her she's like do you want to do this do you want to do that do you want to do this and like poor Victoria looks like she's in shell shock she's just like I don't I don't know what I want to do <laughs> yeah I feel like most people know that though like that first time you come home from college and you're just like where am I you know you feel like you've started this like you know the two months she's been at boarding school probably feels like two years and she probably is just, like, overwhelmed by what is going on and coming back home to her mom. But Lou feels like she seems more adult, grown up, and together. She so. might be. She might be. She also talks about how Victoria, like, has to do all these things on her own. And I just wonder, I don't know anything really about boarding school. Like, do they have to do their own laundry? It, I think it varies from, like, which ones you go to. But I assume yeah. they have... They have to at least make sure it gets done. 
is my guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. Very interesting. No clue. Um, but that's basically that scene, and then we go straight into Jill at her fabulous remade apartment, tacky as ever. Um, and she is being interviewed by the BBC World News slash Sirius Radio, and she gets read for filth by this guy and doesn't really. Let yeah, it the whole interview it was set up by Jill's sister, and it was all about people from England doing a tour around America to discuss the economy. So we have to remember, this is, I believe, 2009, um, 2000, yeah, 2009, 2008. It might have even been 2008 when they filmed this because it premiered in 2009. Okay. So obviously we have the housing market crash. Like, the economy was... Not great. It was in the tank. Yeah. It was, it was not a good time, um, you know, for for America. So it was a very timely thing. And I have so, so many thoughts on this interview. <laughs> Go for it. Let's hear it. Okay, so first, um, I love that Jill says, because they ask her what it's like living in the city. And she says, so many cities don't offer the same nightlife that New York does. You know, like last night I went to Cosmopolitan's most eligible bachelors. I'm like, that's the thing that you think differentiates New York City? <laughs> like LA could host, anyone could host that party. LA could host that party. Chicago, like that's not what it is but then she also says if you can afford to pay the admission you can get in that which is, i found yeah very interesting for an interview about the economy a lot of things she says is kind of tone deaf <laughs> so part of me wonders because it definitely was not the full interview and it definitely was edited so did they oh, do sure. i wish i could listen to the full thing because part of me wonders was this really edited to make her look as idiotic as it was I feel like they wanted to show the frustration that the reporter had because the reporter was very much like the economy's problem is because of rich people. And like he basically says that to her and she makes it more about America and American habits on spending and is kind of like, you know, the I think she just really forgets about privilege and is just like yeah she said <laughs> you the, just work hard and you get whatever you want <laughs> i cannot stand the idea of if you work hard you can have it all because what is the definition of working hard is a nurse yeah. who works 12 hours a week someone who doesn't work hard but they're mm-hmm. not making millions of dollars is the yeah. um construction worker doing you know 10 hours a day every day he's not working like i can that that yeah. phrase is such a trigger to me because that is nothing in my opinion to do with success yeah like they're oh, that it drove me nuts that she kept saying that like not not work hard that's not the right way to put it and he really tries to get her several ways with this and then he's like well what do you say to the people in africa right now no no no. hold on before he oh. says that he goes any guilt in the city that oh, you yeah. lot caused, you people. Yeah. That's what he asks her, which I really appreciate that he asked such a pointed question to be like, do you feel guilty yeah. that you rich people are the problem? And she, like, didn't seem to understand. No. She's like, life's not fair. That's no, basically no. where she nets out. She, like, kind of meanders around it, but then she's just like, yeah, some people have and some people don't. And that's life. It's not fair. Yeah, which, I mean, is not the worst thing not what people want to hear but she's not wrong unfortunately that is just yeah they're in a better way in a not nice way she was basically saying i have privilege yeah and not everyone does and then the africa question 
Ooh, this infuriated me so much because this white man who says they're here to do a tour of the economy in America for some reason brings up Africa mm. as if it's a monolithic place, as if everyone in that country, like that just made me. That's very true. So angry that, you know, I, yeah. I can't stand when people talk of Africa as if it's like just, one thing. Like yeah. there are so many countries, economies, ethnicity, and it like the fact that of course in BBC, I'm like, you're, isn't this supposed to be about America? Why are you talking about Africa? Yeah. But what he says is that he asked, um, what would like a starving person in Africa say? I'm like, or what would a starving person in America say, sir? That would yeah. have been a better question. Yeah, it definitely gives that like there's children starving in Africa. I can breathe like... now, but I was really, really pissed about that question. <laughs> it's very 1980s privilege question, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Um, and she says, well, just the other day, we opened a school. I just gave, I raised $500,000, or no, $50,000, and built a, a schoolhouse in Kenya because it's better to teach to, to fish than give the fish. At least she pointed out it was Kenya, an actual country, yeah. not the entire continent. So I gave her that. Honestly, um, I felt like sh- that was a great kind of like, you thought you got me, you didn't get me. Yeah, I agree. And she taught, listen, Jill does a lot of charity work. There are mm-hmm. a lot of rich people who don't. And yeah. she does for a lot of different things. I don't think she's a bad person. No. But it was. She just needs to check her privilege. And, you know, if she was giving that interview today, it might be completely different. It was also a different time, you know? Agree. Agree. And going from like Victoria not ever hearing of what goodwill is into this, <laughs> I felt like the episode should just be called like. A lesson in out-of-touchness and privilege. <laughs> That's really what this episode felt like to me. I'm writing that down. A lesson <laughs> in out-of-touchness and privilege. It, um, it really was. And then oh, there was something else she said that got me, too. Um, you know, and, and when she was saying about you know, don't spend more than you have, she wasn't really wrong there either because that's, that's what a huge part of the housing bubble was in relation to what she was talking about. So I yeah. think he tried to get her more mm-hmm. than she kind of really gave in. I mean, she's not an idiot, Jill. No, she, and I think she, like, even though he was being really cheeky and, like, kind of pointed, she never got flustered. She never got angry. She held her cool. Uh, the funniest was she was like, after they wrapped, she was like, so who else did you talk to? Did you meet any celebrities? And he was like, I talked to real celebrities. And I was like, oh. oh. see, I didn't take it that way. Oh, that's funny you said that. I didn't take it that way. I took it as he meant, like, reality star celebrities. Like, not, like, actors oh. and whatnot. But I took it as, like, he meant, like, other known people who are celebrities, but also regular people, in a sense. Oh. See, to me, I felt like, I was like, oh, she's not a real celebrity. That's, that's how funny. I took No, it. I don't know why I took it the other way. I took it as if, like... No, other because he said kind of like real people, real celebrities. I very much. I just wrote like that guy is shady. It was most <laughs> likely your way. Now I don't. I probably took it the wrong way. So then we go to Kelly. Unless you had something else to say about Jill? No, no. It just the whole thing was very interesting. I would kill to find that interview, but like Lord knows if I could find that. From if anyone could, you can, Danielle. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> If I do, I will post it because it was um, very timely of the time. Yeah. And it was also funny. I'm sure the BBC guy who was interviewing her is probably rich himself. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. 
Um, so Kelly's getting her new headshot. She's been a model since she was 15. And she talks about... It's interesting. This is, like, the first time she kind of talks negatively in any sense about being a model. She's saying that, like, it's tough when you're a model because it breeds insecurity because it's an image you cannot control. They take photos. You think it looks one way, but you have no idea how it really mm-hmm. ends up. And others create who you are. I thought that was very... very pointed statement, Kelly. Yeah. I also really am just dying to know Kelly's, like, ethnic background. Oh, interesting. Because she is the most perfect tan I have, like, ever seen. And it doesn't look fake tan to me. She didn't mm. look spray tanned. And she also doesn't seem like someone who would sit in the sun because she's, like, worried about wrinkles. I'm not sure. And it's also Halloween. I don't know. I just want to know, like, I, I get, like, I Italian like... Sicilian vibes from her or something. Or hmm. something, like, her olive-toned skin is just... See, to me, I feel like that was a bot like very expensive kept up tan it it could be but it's always perfect and it never looks splotchy i don't know she didn't give me like Catherine from southern charm like spray tan (laughs) like you know you know what i'm saying but i feel like it's the same way that like new york plastic surgery looks better than la plastic surgery i feel like a new york spray tan would be better than like a southern charm spray it could be probably (laughs) but i also feel like 2008 were spray tans popular then you know as much as they are now i feel like we were still in our tanning bed phase i think that she could also pay a lot of money for a tan or tanning bed or whatever and write it off as taxes because it is going to her work yeah because her image is her work so she can spend a bunch on it she is she's I mean, I was just like her hot shots in the bathing suit, like when that my it was jaw dropping. She looked phenomenal. Yeah, she's captivating on screen. Like Absolutely. it, uh, you don't look at her and you're like, oh, really, model? Like, no, no. Nope. She, she looked like Elle McPherson. Like, yeah. she's just perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect. Like, she yeah, she gives me Heidi Klum's like early two thousands yes. vibe model, and I I could I enjoy watching her in her element in that way. Yeah, um, and it was really the... interesting to watch her model because she's yeah. just, and she says it's hard work. And, like, honestly, if you think about it, like, it's true. Like, if you take a, a photo, you think you look great, and then you're like, ooh, that didn't look great. Like, make, keeping a soft face, soft eyes, all of that. We've all watched America's Next Top Model. I was model. just going to say, I've watched enough it's, America's it's... Next Top Model to never think that modeling is easy and to do looks the way that, that they do it and can look on camera. Agreed. That's that's for sure. Um, but then we get the iconic A photo for her. But they don't really, they very quickly show the invitation. It's yes. very quick. And did I, I And this is her invite to her Halloween party. Yes. Uh, and I love it. I love, like, I don't even know if that was the purpose of this photo shoot, but that she thought no, of it in the moment. The photo shoot was supposed to be her model card, which you have to, like, right, update right. every year of, like, your headshot and stuff. So this was just like a, hey, you're here. Let me take the shot for the card. And it's really cute. It, it really is. But we'll get to that party later. Yeah. Um, the next iconic thing is I, this scene stuck with me forever. Lou haggling on the street with Victoria for necklaces. It like blew my little mind when I was like, oh, you can haggle with street vendors. Of course you could. Like... And this vendor is obviously, like, an Upper West Side. Like, my guess was he was probably closer to, like, the museums because he was selling, like, expensive, for a street, jewelry. Yeah, like, $80 for 
a necklace on the street. And then the, the one that Lou wanted was like a hundred. And so she haggles and she's like, what about for both? And he says 150. And she's like, all right. But like, it was just, it was a really good lesson in haggling. If you're ever like, I don't know if I could do it. Like she does it in a very respectful way and gets her way. Yeah. I normally am just like, this is the money I have. So either I'm going to buy it or I'm not. My best haggle of my life was Derek and I went to Mexico Mm -hmm. and we didn't, for some reason, we were doing like an ATV thing and we didn't want to pay for two ATVs. So we were going to share one. It was like ATV and through the forest and swimming in a cave. So we get Mm -hmm. there and it's like a little tight on these ATVs for the two of us to be sitting on there. So we're like, you know what, whatever, just we'll spend the money. We'll do it. So we go to the guy, we're like, okay, we want to buy a second one. Here's the credit card. And we're like half of the, you know, woods of Mexico. Their credit card machine's not working. And we only had like $60 cash on us. And I go to the guy, I was like, well, I can pay for the ATV in cash, but then I don't have any money to tip you. Ooh. And then I was like, or I guess, you know, we'll be kind of unhappy and have to share. So what does the guy <laughs> do? He's like, well, we'll just say that you two were uncomfortable and you couldn't fit. And, uh, yeah, you can just have it. So he let us nice. have the ATV, and then he got his $60 tip. So that, I wasn't even really trying to haggle. We tried to pay. The credit card machine just didn't work. And I was, like, straight up, I was, like, I have $60 cash on me. This is your tip. So either I'm paying for the second ATV. And the two guys, like, looked at each other, and they're, like, hell no, I want my tip. <laughs> and so uh, we, got, we got the two ATVs, and it was worth it. Yeah, I was once taught that the way to haggling is not to say, like, is this the price, but you're, like, can you do better on the price? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't put a number out. Yeah. Yeah. Always ask, like, is there a better price that you can offer me? Yeah. Um, which I've tried before, and that did not work. I think people know that I'm just going to be like, all right, fine, here. <laughs> like, now, I normally am just like, this is how much I have $20 on me. So either this is what you're getting or not. Like, now, do you really basically. only have $20 on you? Most of the time, yeah. I like okay. never have cash on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Same. <laughs> or they don't know. They don't know, but I just try to go with that. Um, but yeah, that's the street scene, and then they go shopping for Victoria, but Luann starts shopping for herself, and she's like, Victoria loves to watch me dress, which I was like, that is the, no, that's yeah. not true. I can tell you 100% that is not true. Agree, agree. <laughs> and then we go to see Jill get fitted for her mm-hmm. Halloween costume of being uh, Elle Woods and Bruiser, which I just think is so, so cute. So cute. I don't she even care that it's- What? She looked good as a blonde. She looked great. Yeah. And I don't care that it's a trite costume. It was perfect. They looked great. Yeah. Uh, Ginger does not like getting dressed, I noticed. No. No, no, no. Tina Turner is all about her little dog costumes. She totally is fine. I was like, I like almost like gasped a little the way that Bruiser, I'm not Bruiser. That's That's the... Elwood's dog. Ginger. <laughs> Ginger was like very angry about it. I was almost I don't think like, Ginger's that friendly to strangers. Yeah, that's true. But even like putting it on, like she was trying to like rip it off herself. I was like, oh Ginger. Yeah. I bought Remy uh a sweater and then I can buy a matching version of the sweater for myself, which I probably will. You should. <laughs> I will. I just want to make sure that his sweater is from this company Spark Paws that I saw a million ads for. But you know what? Sweater's super cute. So now we're all gonna get that ad. <laughs> yeah. If you want, if you want well, I feel like it's hard to find matching human and dog things sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it was a good company. I kept getting ads on TikTok and then at like three in the morning I was like, yeah. fine, I'll order one. I you tried have to, to order him a four XL though. I tried to do that on like Amazon and I ended up with these pants that were like they must have been manufacturer like mess up because the pocket one pocket went 
forward facing and the other po- side pocket went backward facing. So like it was just a very awkward I was like I can't wear these pants. <laughs> these yeah. Are. Yeah. So anyway, uh Bobby's going to be a bellhop which Brad doesn't get and he's she's like no that's like the dog walker and he's like well I guess that's okay. But it doesn't like no dog walker dresses like a bellhop <laughs> to my yeah. knowledge, but it was cute. It, yeah, I, it was, like, random, but it was fine. And then we get two, like, quick little scenes. We get Jill's on the radio with her sister, and yep. we meet their aunt, Cookie, which yep. she seemed like a ball and someone I would definitely want to hang out with. Oh, she's adorable. And then we get a quick scene of, I guess, Simon bought this corset for $7,000 at a charity yep. for Alex, and yep. it's her, like, bringing it home. And it get, just, again, was another felt, like, out-of-touch rich people scene yes because it's it's a burlap sack that says like feed on it and it's like i don't remember who it's benefiting that they're buying it it's a gorgeous burlap corset and like i remembered it as soon as they got to that scene but it it it's just very much like oh of course i can't wait to wear it to the opera like opening night at the opera feeding starving children doesn't totally feel like the reach that you would want from a piece of fashion that's supposed to make a statement but that's Alex and Simon for you yeah yeah and yeah I mean she looks great she looks great in everything she's she's super cute Alex and like Simon's just obsessed with her in it and like yeah it's just them canoodling trying on that we've seen this scene a hundred times yeah. already between the first two seasons so yep. I'm kind of over watching them shop that's like the only thing I feel like we ever see them do yeah <laughs> it's, so I will shopping. I will say I feel like that is the most piece of artwork like piece of clothing that I feel like I've seen her in like the other stuff is nice but like that yeah. looked like artwork to me because yeah. they were like it took her like eight hours or something or no three weeks three weeks to make yeah. the corset yeah, yeah it took three yeah. weeks to make it and then we see Ramona. Again, all these, like, quick little scenes. I'm like, okay, let's get to the good stuff. Like, they could have filmed, I feel like, way more of the stuff at the end. I yeah. don't really know why they put all this in there. But Ramona wants to sell her jewelry on HSN. Um, they basically just, like, it, it's just like a classic mother-daughter scene of Ramona and Avery. I don't know. I've never had my mom say that she was, like, intimidated and scared by me. <laughs> like... Because oh, Avery is, like, like so, a I, bitchy director. <laughs> yeah, I just mean, like, teenage daughter, like, yeah. judgmental, everything you do is wrong to their mom, which I definitely was like that. Then we go to another scene with Alex and Simon, and they're on the front stoop of their house talking about how having a house is better on Halloween because they get to hand out candy and their kids aren't going to, like, door people to get candy which I agree with it was cute but I was just like that also I was like this is like two minutes too long you know the one of my favorite New York City things that I bet a lot of people don't know when you like in Queens during Halloween the kids actually trick-or-treat at the stores yeah and I we used to like go just eat at like a pizza place on Halloween because we used Mm -hmm. to like to watch all the kids come in and get candy and I just always really love that rather than like I'm sure some do apartment buildings but the stores all have candy and kids trick-or-treat yeah. like up and down the stores and I just always thought that was like so adorable no I agree it's super cute and um also great as an apartment like as someone who lives in an apartment I didn't have to get candy uh. yeah and did you know by the way I don't know what made me look this up in this moment oh I know 
Simon said something about like I was your age in 1967 and I was like oh, wait yeah. how old is Simon do you know they have a nine-year age difference have we talked about that no I don't know if we've talked about it but it doesn't surprise me and like, yeah I didn't know that and if I did the math I might have done it correctly I think Alex was 25 and he was 33 when they got married not that like other like, nine fine. years whatever depending when you first start dating I'm just surprised she doesn't seem like someone that would have gotten married at 25 that's true that the 25 like if it was like new york 25 is like yeah. 16 yeah year old <laughs> i mean i got married at 28 which now i look back and i'm like child bride <laughs> <laughs> what was i thinking no i mean it i think that they go so well together that none of it surprises me and or upsets me yeah, no, again, it, nine-year age difference is only weird if they start dating when she's extremely young, but yeah. I don't even think they dated that long. I think their relationship moved pretty quickly. That does not surprise so, me. 25 I mean, and 33 is not... They also met thinking that they were both just going to have a one-night stand, so... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy yeah, Not a judgment on the age difference whatsoever, just more an, an observation. Then we go to the dog Halloween party, and Ramona and her dog are dressed like... Robin Hood, Jill is legally blonde, as we know, and Bethany is in her iconic roller girl outfit, and Cookie is her roller bitch. So when the scene first started, I thought this was the the party, and I didn't realize that she wore the costume twice, which she does talk about later, yeah. but I was confused at first. I was like, I don't remember the dogs being there, and mm-hmm. then I figured out this was the first Halloween party, which I think was some sort of, like, it was, a, it was sponsored by, like, Pedigree and for dogs, and it looked mm-hmm. like my dream. Like, why would I not want to go to a oh. Halloween party with all these dogs that are Tina up? Turner and I would have the best time there, and I also would have done what Brad did, which is eat the dog food by mistake. Because there were, like, dog No, didn't you hear, though, that it wasn't actually dog our... food? Oh, and it wasn't? No, Jill was messing with him. She goes, I was messing with him. It wasn't really dog food. Oh, my God, because the treats <gasps> looked good. <laughs> no, I know, because then... Brad eats it, and then Ramona tries it, and then Ramona's like, it's fine. And Jill goes, I know, it's human food. I just was messing with Brad. Oh, so I, I thought that, that was pretty part. funny. That, that she is She doesn't cute. seem like a jokester, really, Jill, in that sort of sense. So I liked seeing that little, I like... I think when it comes to Brad, she will always try and get him. True, true. And I do, I'm always like, I mean, I talked about Remy, my dog. He's 90 pounds, and I just, like... I don't think I could ever bring him to a party like that. <laughs> Tina Turner's like, 10 pounds, so I can bring her pretty much anywhere. And yeah, do. Yeah. Um, it was a really cute party. It was a very cute party. Nothing, no, nothing crazy there. happened at it. I will say Ramona, the, uh, one redeeming quality of hers is that she's a dog person. Yes, I that agree. That always is going to give her like a plus, and not just like a light dog person. She is obsessed with her dog. Like, she loves her dog so much. We watched her dog for a gazillion seasons, and that is always a redeeming quality to me for Ramona that one must remember when we're thinking of all the horrible things of Ramona. Um, then we go to Jill and Bethany, and uh, they're planning a party, and Jill just hates everything. That's basically what that scene was, is that, like, Jill doesn't like things and then it's like it's basically a scene for Bethany to make fun of Jill and do her Jill impersonation I mean what I wonder too Jill says so they're hosting the party at Hudson Terrace which I looked it up still around looks like a nice space Mm -hmm. but she said they offered it to her so I'm like did they offer you the space for free and here you are going through the menu and you're just like shitting on every 
Probably. single thing that they're saying. I mean, honestly, though, the menu didn't sound good. No, and she had a good point. She brings up that risotto. They were like, we're going to do, like, risotto cones. And she was just like, Ugh. that sounds horrible. Yeah, like not risotto good. needs duck, to go. Duck like, is very specific. Yeah, duck is also specific. It's. I don't like duck. It can be gaming. It can be upsetting because ducks are adorable. You know. Well, it didn't seem like it was a sit-down dinner either, what they yeah. were discussing. I couldn't really tell. It sounded so like, like past hors d'oeuvres kind of thing. Yeah, so very interesting. So she wasn't wrong in criticizing all of the food that they mentioned. It was just the way that she was doing it, she yeah. was not treading lightly. She was just like, I hate that. No, that's terrible. And then we end up getting, like, warm milk and cookies passed around. Which I was also all for. Oh, yeah. No, she she was correct in her her criticism just needed a different delivery yeah and Um, then we go to bethany and alex having lunch and okay so (laughs) they have lunch at the rock rockefeller center rock center cafe Mm -hmm. which i used to work in the building that was connected underground to that and my thinking is that i'm like okay there's no way this is a weekend Mm -hmm. because alex would not travel in from brooklyn to meet bethany at rock center cafe you don't just, no one goes to that area in the weekend. So I'm thinking she is working her job because I bet you Victoria's Secret is located somewhere around there. And she oh, that does on, like, make sense. Break. That's a good, that's a, that's a good connection. You're right. Right? It's yeah. like at like 50th and Avenue 6. Like you just, yeah. no one goes, you do not meet there on the weekend. No one no. would ever go there, especially not from Brooklyn. And Bethany lives downtown. So why would they meet there ever? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I know. And also, Rock Center is where NBC is located, and Bravo, I think, has offices there, too. Yeah, so that all the also TV might networks be there, there. But I bet you Victoria's Secret... Actually, Victoria's Secret might be Herald Square, because that's where, the, I think, one of their flagship stores is. Well, I interviewed at the Loft way back when, and that was, like, right in Times Square also. That was, like, 45th. Mm-hmm. And I think the Loft and Victoria's Secret are all owned by the same people. Yeah. So it might have been... Imagine if I would have gotten hired and then somehow seen like Alex in the offices. Amazing. Although that wouldn't have been shoot, that would have been past Housewives time. I but. can't think of any. Whenever I hear Victoria's Secret, I just think of that TikTok girl song that she made for oh, the, yeah. the girl that she babysits for. Like Victoria's Secret was just made by mm-hmm. a man. I think of Lex Wessler and Jeffrey Epstein. Now. <laughs> Less wholesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Now that I'm remembering, he owned the loft, and that was at like forty. Because I walked there from my job to go interview. Oh, thank God I didn't get that job. I was to do email marketing at the loft. Would have not wanted that job. Um, but, yes, I, these are thoughts I have when I'm watching them meet at Rock Center Cafe. I'm like, no one but business people goes oh, for sure. to eat here. There's, I, don't there's even... no, I mean, it, it's a good lunch place, but it's just like a classic like business lunch for sure. meeting place. And then we get to see, finally, the graphic design of Bethany. And Bethany seems super happy. And though we know this is not the final Skinny Girl logo, it was pretty good. It was really interesting. The thing that creeped me out is, like, Bethany's face was, like, very white. And her legs were, like, tan and shiny. And that creeped me out a little. Oh, I don't think I noticed that. But, yeah, I just love that Bethany is so impressed by Alex's work. And then how happy Alex is that Bethany is impressed. It was a really sweet moment. she knows she's not easy to please. Yeah. You could tell that it was, like, a very nice mutual, like, admiration moment mm-hmm. there. That they, like, both really respected each other's work and opinions. So that was And cool. then we, we have the mention of a man who approached Bethany for skinny girl cocktails. I didn't notice that. Yes, she says this is the start of Skinny Girl and Cocktails. 
And she says that, you know, she probably wants to, she's pushing to have Alex do the design of the label. Oh. Which would be actually paid. And I really can't wait to see this through. Like, do I not remember that Alex is the one who designed the label? Could you imagine? I don't think it was ultimately. It might not have been. But yes, this is the first mention of an actual, like, skinny girl branded, sold in stores cocktail. Um, good clocking that. That's awesome. Yeah, which is interesting because I know, you know, she said, oh, my skinny girl margarita, but her brand was not skinny girl at the time. It was Bethany Bakes. So who was Bethany realizing that name skinny girls, which she wanted to go with and was pitching that? Like I'm very, I want more. She calls it the there. skinny girl margarita when she is with Lou. She does say that's that what, that's saying, what she but calls it. That wasn't her brand at the oh, time. Oh, that's true. And her we brand do know was Bethany Bates. She believes that it should all be under one vertical because that's what she gives Ramona shit for. So Yeah. So I think she must have thought, oh, skinny girl, skinny girl cocktail. Ooh, that's something I can make and market. And then maybe went with that verse Bethany Bakes. Especially because she also had just sold through Naturally Thin, her book. So it kind of all goes together. Yeah. And again, something, though, not called Skinny Girl. So. Yes. That's it was interesting to kind of see her bring that up in that in that moment. And now we go to Kelly's party. Oh my God! So well, Lou is the first there person first. Luann. Whew! And she is in a Native American outfit. She looks phenomenal, but it it feels weird. And I wrote, but now I'm even more confused because if she is Native American, is it offensive? I'm confused. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't like know where to put I it. Like, dressed as a Hasidic Jew, is that offensive? Maybe? I don't know. My sister dressed as a nun once, I remember, for Halloween. That's probably offensive. Yeah, who cares about nuns? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I can God, say that. I'm Catholic, can I? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's the, and if anyone watched Seinfeld, it always brings me to the anti-dentai. <laughs> like, if you are one, you can make fun of it. But if yes. you are not... But I don't even think she's making fun of it. But I'm now I like can a native person please let me know? I don't think a true no. I can't. I don't even want to make a blanket statement because I'm not native, so I don't know. Yeah, I think we would need somebody to weigh in. So listeners, if you or someone you love can give us feedback, we'd yeah. love to know if we In should my be opinion, outraged or that not. doesn't matter because I'm not native. I can't imagine a native person dressing up as themselves as a costume. Yeah. But is it a costume? Is she just Pocahontas? So is she, she didn't say specifically, was she trying to be like, like, I think I dress as Pocahontas, which is probably, that's a different thing. I'm not dressing as a native person, I'm dressing as a Disney character. So is that okay? Or is that not okay? I don't know. I don't know. But the thing that's really not okay is that this is a party that is a cash fucking bar. Yes. Which agree. every housewife is kind of like the fucking audacity to invite us to a party I think they're more upset. So Kelly shows up extremely late, but she does show up. But, like, the party was at 9. Like, Lou and shows up at, like, 9. Bethany's, like, 9.05. Jill's, like, 9.30 or Ramona's 9.30 and then Jill's 10. And they're there for a while. And um, They're there for over an hour. And I said if this was edited now, Bravo would have done timestamps. I thought the same thing. You thought the same thing? I was like, where's the timestamp on Kelly's entrance? Because um, I think the last to arrive was Alex and Simon dressed as Sarah Palin and the Moose, which was hilarious. And uh, they 
said that they described the party the best. They were like, it feels like a frat party. And it like, did feel like a frat party. I am so curious to know the location of this party. I could yeah. not tell for the life of me where they were. It was a really weird, like, several different rooms, but the, all the rooms seemed cramped. There was a cramped hallway. And, like, Bethany's like, I don't recognize anyone. It feels like they invited all of Times Square to come and hang out in costume. It did kind of look near Times Square. It, yeah. It, it didn't look that, like, when we're outside, it, it looks kind of Times Square-y. I need to find a photo of the invitation. Maybe it says on there. I also love Bethany says when she talks about wearing the same roller girl outfit again, she goes, it's a recession. I'm not wearing two costumes. And that just was a yeah. great line. It was great. But the cash bar, man, that is low. That is some low class bullshit. That- um, so we're pretty close to the end here. Uh, so I mean, the Ka- biggest thing is just Kelly not showing up for her own party and they all waited over an hour for her well she shows up and she's in like a playboy bunny type costume but she doesn't have the ears so are you i don't know what she even was and she's like she's a mom so she can't like that's why she's late but also she can't be over the top because she's a mom but it takes her 90 minutes to get ready and i'm I'm gonna be honest for someone that beautiful uh I, i don't see what took her 90 minutes me either. Nothing about the costume was elaborate. It's, there wasn't a wig. Maybe yeah. she had a weave put in, but it's like no, a it was corset with like a, a bodysuit corset that's black with stockings and heels. And her hair looks like judged, but it doesn't look like anything that it's like, oh my god, of course that would take a very long time to do. And her makeup is very plain. Like and again, not a read. She looks gorgeous, but like that is not a ninety-minute outfit. Like I know drag queens that could get into that quicker. Yeah, no, I don't really understand what she was doing. So then she goes into her own party, and she doesn't even seem to know anyone there because she just keeps being like, "Where is everyone?" And she's like introducing herself to people. So I don't even think she knew anyone at this party. And all of the women have left. They gave up. They waited over an hour. Which I don't really blame them. If if I went to a party and the only person I know is the host and the host is not there and it's a cash bar, I don't think and I'd And it's stay. also like Halloween weekend and they a bunch of them had said there were other parties that they left to. Like you're going, you're bouncing around from party to party and you go there like, and you're filming. So it's also kind of work, which they can't mention, but it's like. I'm made time to come and show up to work and this is your event and you don't show up. Yeah, and, and, like, and again, if they don't know it, it'd be one thing if they didn't really know anyone there except for each other, but it was, like, super fun, DJ, drinks are flowing, people are in nice, great space, but it was none of those things. So nope. why would they stay? No. Yeah, and Bethany has an iconic roll-off moment where so she just... So this moment, I wish I they did more one. of these in-the-moment interviews. Yeah. They did a little one with Alex and Simon earlier, and I just wish they never stopped doing these because it's... A moment, Bethany is in the moment heated. We didn't wait to get her reaction after, and she's pissed, and she is going on a rant in her little roller girl outfit, and she goes, what are you, Giselle? She doesn't show up. She's ranting. It's I will make sure to post the clip because it's one of my favorite Bethany moments, and it's when she's rolling away that makes me think they're in Times Square or near it because it was pretty lit up. It didn't look like Lower East Side or anything like that, and... She just rolls away, and I'm like, did this bitch, like, roller skate home? And how long did she have these rollerblades on for? Rollerblades are not comfortable. I thought they were roller skates, not blades. 
Oh, either way, that yeah. seems like a very long period of time and to be like in a party having those on. But yeah, her just rolling away, just amazing, amazing moment. I feel like moment. there are I people who are roller skate people when like you've got them on, you can do it for hours and hours and hours. And it might not be like the most comfortable, but like she seems like somebody who like spent time in roller skates for a long time. Because I have friends who are like way into rollerblading and like roller skating. Uh, My buddy, Mr. Matt Bell on Instagram. So much fun. Totally look him up because he does roller skating like dances to different like music that's popular. It's super cute. Um, But and my friend used to like be on skates all the time delivering drugs in new york uh so you know there's different types of reasons to be on roller skates is what i'm saying that's funny uh, (laughs) bethany is just you know living her life uh but it's iconic it's a great look and it's just it's going to be interesting next week to watch the fallout from this party because at this time everyone kind of before this party everyone really liked her and even jill is just like i don't know why she didn't call and say she was being late or and, like, everyone's like, we can't even get in touch with her. And Kelly kind of is like, there's no pockets in a bunny costume. <laughs> yeah, no, for She goes, there's no pockets for my Blackberry, which really, very timely. Yes. The Blackberry. I never had a Blackberry. I always wanted no. one, but I never got one. I didn't like how tiny the buttons were. Oh. I just I remember, like, a group of our friends who did have it, and they all BBM the Blackberry messages together. Oh, yeah. So it was, like, a secret, like, a group chat we couldn't like all of us couldn't be in on and I always wanted it for that reason I didn't have a lot of friends who had it I feel like I was like a lot of my friends had like the razors or the I think I might have had a razor for a minute that was in the the era of me like losing my uh, my phone constantly <laughs> like really? I would lose my cell phone all the time oh my god I I've never lost my phone so I'm not bad. right now I mean, I was also in my 20s and, like, just going out drinking and, like, leaving it in my cab, in, like, the cab, because I totally forgot, like, that kind of thing. See, I had friends like that who would lose their shit all the time, and, like, I was not one of them. I think it wasn't until I was, like, maybe, like, 28 to 30 that I really started, like, as soon as I got my iPhone, I, like, made my, like, I had to prove to myself that I wouldn't lose my cell phone for a year before I allowed myself to buy an iPhone. (laughs) I'm surprised for work you never had a BBM, like a BlackBerry. No, because I just always carried my laptop everywhere at that point because I would often have to stop and go wherever I could to plug in and work. Like that, Uh, I just, I was somebody who like carried a backpack or a big purse with a laptop in it everywhere. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, but a great ending to the episode could do without some of the filler things. Yeah. At the beginning, but. Yeah, frat party, uh, housewife party. It was uh, it was a good time, and uh, that's our episode. If you guys want to rate us, review us, say nice things, we're all for it. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next Wednesday with more Roni. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.